Thank you for joining us for episode 446 of Live Happy Now. This year, as you're shopping for the perfect holiday gift, why not put forgiveness on your list? I'm your host, Paula Phelps, and today I'm sitting down with Barbara J. Hunt, a forgiveness specialist, speaker, workshop leader, and best-selling author of Forgiveness Made Easy. Barbara is here to talk about how forgiveness is one of the best gifts we can give ourselves and how we can use forgiveness as a practice to help us navigate those often tricky holiday gatherings. Let's have a listen. Barbara, thank you for joining us on Live Happy Now. Thank you for inviting me. A pleasure. This is a topic I love to talk about. We haven't addressed it really enough on Live Happy, uh, but forgiveness is so important and such an integral part of finding a balanced, happy life. And, you know, I love a good origin story. So could you tell me what made you decide to start studying forgiveness uh, to begin with? Sure. Well, I, I did grow up in the Christian faith, so I had came into a Catholic family. And so it was always part of our original tradition. And so that was always sort of in the field, but very much in a sort of a traditional way, like forgive your sister if mm-hmm. she hits you, that kind of thing. <laughs> and then I got really interested in personal and spiritual development from about the age of 15 when I discovered Jonathan Livingston Seagull. Oh, I don't know if you know that yeah. book. Beautiful book. And and I kind of just wanted to ask the deeper questions about life. And so I did some some personal development trainings and particularly with the Mortal Life Organization who were back in the day called the Life Training. And they're an American originally, two Episcopal priests who were, you know, trying to help people with the, yes, we get the theory about how to behave as human beings, but how do we do it? So they were teaching very practical tools. And on that particular weekend, we had the opportunity to look at the resentments and the grievances that we might still be holding in our hearts. And so we got to write a list of the people that we were resenting. And I thought, well, probably everyone I've ever met. If you're really honest, you know, you've probably yeah, exactly. got something against everyone. And so I, then I thought, yeah. And I started writing my list down, got to number 36 and thought, yeah, probably resent my mum as well. So I wrote her name down. And what was significant about that is that she had multiple sclerosis from the time I was 15. And so her illness had a really big impact on our family and my experience. And by then she'd been ill for about 13 to 14 years by the time I was actually sitting in that training room. Mm. And I didn't realize that I could admit to myself that I was resenting somebody for something that wasn't their fault. And it's such a subtle thing because I think a lot of the forgiveness stories, the kind of heroic forgiveness journeys are about something terrible happens and then people are somehow able to find their way to forgiveness. And although you could argue that a significant illness is, you know, is a terrible thing, it's a different kind of experience. And I hadn't come across anybody who was talking about really being honest about what we resent, you know, and, and as we get older, there it may be that we resent our kids or taking care of our elderly parents when that time comes. And I was actually taking care of my mom from the time I was 20 because she was so debilitated. And so just being able to be honest that you, you're holding resentments, that sort of began my journey into realizing that I wanted to keep forgiveness as a practice. And the way it was taught in the Mortal Life Program was that it was a practice, something that you did a bit like brushing your teeth or mm-hmm. like a yoga practice, not just, you know, not just for Christmas. 
So I took it on as a practice and then I got really interested and I had the great privilege of working on a retreat for seven years and we would work with people. So they were doing detoxing and deep emotional work and I would watch what happened and why some people seem to be able to forgive more easily and other people not, didn't seem to have any correlation with what had happened. So I remember one particular retreat, a woman had come who had had a significant childhood story of abuse and and trauma. And her room or housemate had been insulted, well, actually a family member had been insulted at a wedding. Insulted, not assaulted, insulted. So it was a big difference, big difference, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. A much milder event, you would think. But the woman who had the biggest trouble forgiving was the woman who had had a family member insulted. She absolutely could not forgive it. And so I got really interested about, so why, why do we find it so hard and what gets in our way and what can I do to help that happen? And really wanting to take forgiveness out of the religious arena so that it's, you don't have to be, you know, have any kind of religious philosophy, even though it is in all major spiritual traditions, but really wanting to be practical about it because I'd read studies about forgiveness and that the impact that it has on your physiology and your well-being, not to mention, you know, your relationships. And and it looks like it's a no-brainer for us to do it. And yet we hold on to our resentments. And so that was really the beginning of like my fascination with it and really like, wow, I mean, this could potentially transform humanity. Right. But we don't don't do it. (laughs) So that's it just became a real fascination and, and passion. And then I ended up writing my book and then and then experimenting with how to help people with their forgiveness work. And I was already coaching people as a life coach. So I just kind of made really it my speciality. I still do kind of, you know, all transformational kind of coaching in other modalities, but forgiveness in particular is um, well, you bring you bring up a couple of really good points. And that first one being that we can hold a grudge against someone for something that it's not their fault. And I think a lot of people deal with that, especially as you mentioned, caring for aging parents or whatever it is that they have to do where it's, it's nobody's fault, but they Mm -hmm. still have these feelings about it. And it's not okay to tell people that, you know, people will say, Oh, that's so marvelous. You're there for your parents. You're there for that aunt, whatever it is. And and they don't feel that way. So there's got to be some guilt that goes along with that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, Paula. Totally. And and then the other thing that you bring up is that some people, like people who aren't hurt as badly, have a more difficult time sometimes letting go of that. Is it a personality trait? Is there a reason that some people find forgiveness easier than others? Or what is that? I don't know for sure. I think that there are definitely personality traits where you might be more likely and just be a more generally forgiving person. You know, just you just don't hold grudges in the same way. But I think as I've really looked into why we hold the resentment, it's usually because we get something out of it, but we don't know we're getting something out of it. So a lot of it is unexplored subconscious material. And I think of forgiveness as shadow work, you know, in psychologically, because you have to be really honest about yourself, about the fact that you actually quite like, or it's serving you to hold your resentment enough 
that it overrides for you in that moment until you probably do a bit of exploring. But in the moment, it looks like it's a better deal than letting it go. So what is it that somebody is getting out of holding on to resentment? Great question. It can be a variety of things. One of the most important, I think, and the most this this seems to be the one where when I talk about it, people go, oh my goodness, that's a really, you know, I hadn't really thought about it like that. So this this can be probably one of the most helpful revelations, if you like, is that often we find it easier to hold on to our resentment rather than feel the pain or the grief of the loss. And I talk about forgiveness and grief being sisters. And I think when we're, especially when things happen when we're very young, we have protective mechanisms, you know, very intelligent coping mechanisms to help us just get through life. And sometimes it's easier. And I think this was true in my case with my mom. It was easier to harden my heart and hold a bit of resentment against her rather than be in a state of like not knowing how long I would be grieving the loss of my mom, even though she was still alive because she Mm -hmm. wasn't being my mom. So I think it was easier for me to hold resentment against her and shut down than it was to stay open to the grief, especially because culturally, especially in the West, we are hopeless at, um, especially Brits, I think, really hopeless (laughs) at grief and feeling feelings. You know, we just like have a cup of tea, don't talk about it. Yeah, that's, boy, that's so interesting. And I want to get into the how of forgiveness. But Mm -hmm. before we get to that, I want to talk about the why. As you alluded to, there's, there are major benefits physiological, emotional, when we forgive somebody. Can you talk about what it does for us? Because I think that that gets overlooked, like how good forgiveness is for us. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's extraordinary, really, that we think that holding tension and ill will in our bodies is a benefit to us. It's it's interesting when you when you actually look at it, take it apart and really think about it. It's actually, you're just thinking, actually, this isn't a good deal. But, and you may have heard some of those wonderful sayings, like the one about taking, you know, like uh, holding on to resentment is like taking poison and hoping right. that the person will die. Or my favorite, which is holding on to resentment is like setting yourself on fire and hoping the other person will be bothered by the smoke. <laughs> you know, they're, they're I haven't not, heard that one. Yeah, like they're that. not even in the furnace with you. But the etymology of the word f- resentment comes from sentir, which means to feel. So resentment, you're sort of feeling it again, again, and again. So whatever the injury is or the trauma, you're letting yourself feel those feelings again and again and again. And that means that you're keeping things like anger in your body and that raises your cortisol levels and your blood pressure. And so all of these physiological correlations, if you like, and if you just imagine like you're carrying something, you've got tension in your body. And what you really want to do is once you've carried it to where it needs to be, you want to put it down. You don't want to keep carrying it. If you if you just imagine like holding on, holding right. on, holding on, you know, another year later, holding on. I mean, your arms would really, really ache. And we're like that emotionally. So it's kind of like emotional constipation. We're not able to just put something down. And I think there's one of, I've heard this recently, actually, which I think is a great idea, this notion of an injustice gap. So there's a gap between the way something is and the way you think it should have been or should be. And that's the sort of tension of that isn't closed. It's a bit like, you know, when you have magnets and you try and put magnets together and they keep like bumping away from each other, right. they won't go together. 
when you've got those same polarities, they push each other away. It's only when you reverse something and then they come they come together. Just recently, actually, my neighbors were burgled. Their garage was burgled and they had about £10,000 worth of motorbikes stolen. Uh. And, mm, and so they are in the moment having a lot of an injustice gap between the fact that somebody else has got their stuff and they can't do anything to close it, the gap. They can't close the gap. They can't get the police to close the gap because there's not enough evidence. And so there's this intense... Like I want to make it right. I want to change the reality. I want to make it different. But that, if you imagine that puts a lot of tension in your system. And so until they can get some kind of, and that's why we want things like justice or we want to like, and we even have the phrase to get even. It's mm-hmm. like we want to rebalance things back to the way they were. And I think one of the reasons why forgiveness is so untenable to a lot of us a lot of the time is we don't want to leave the gap open because it's too uncomfortable. We want to close the gap, but we don't know how. That's why we want revenge. What changes do you see in people when they say, I forgive you? Two major things. The thing that happens the most, so I guide people through my the process that I've kind of curated from lots of different modalities, and it's a seven-step, I call it Forgiveness Made Easy process because Forgiveness Made Easy is the name of my book. And I guide people through that process, which is an active imagination process. So it's like a, a like a ritual, but you do it in your imagination. It's incredibly powerful. And at the end of it, when you have been guided through the process and usually most of the time forgiven the person, you know, genuinely said, you know, or feel like you have let go of your grievance because I, I make it kind of difficult to resist, if you like. And the steps on the process all add up to making it as easy as possible for you actually to to do that final letting go. And when people let go, the comment I get the most is, I feel lighter. I feel like something has shifted. And one, I was remembering one woman on, again, on one of the retreats, and she had been sexually abused as a child. And she was in her 70s. And she came to the retreat and she, we, I worked with her and she said she'd never told anybody about it before. And she said at the end of the retreat, she came up to me and she said, all of that bad feeling that I've been carrying in my body all of these years, it's gone. Oh my gosh. So, so powerful. And then the other thing, and this is wonderful, Paula, this is kind of like a bonus extra. It doesn't always happen, but it happens. <laughs> it's it like happens your free gift. <laughs> my free gift, yes, from you know the, the universe is that when you forgive somebody spookily, sometimes something changes. And, and of course, sometimes we might be forgiving somebody who we don't have any contact with at all. But like I work with somebody on the, again on the retreat and they said to me, you'll never guess what? And I said, I might. <laughs> and she said, my sister texted me out of the blue and told me she loved me, you know, because, and she just done her forgiveness work on her sister. So things like that happen too many times for it to be a coincidence. Like the other person, even though you haven't told them, I've just done a massive piece of forgiveness work on you, they, they, something changes. There's something that changes in the dynamic between us. Like once you let go of your resentment, the energy can flow again. And it is quite extraordinary and, and wonderful. That's so interesting. And, and there are cases, as you mentioned, where the grievances are tremendous, where you would not want that person back in your life. And it's completely understandable that you would resent them. Yes, absolutely. And, 
how is that forgiveness a little bit different than someone who you who you truly love and wish you had in your life, but there's a barrier versus the the one you don't want in your life? And yeah. and why is it still important to forgive them? Yeah. One of the really important things is that forgiveness is not about reconciliation. I That's love that you bring that up. I love yeah. that you brought that up. It's not. And it's not about condoning unacceptable behavior either. And it's not about not having boundaries. And I think that's one of the reasons why a lot of the time we think oh, we shouldn't forgive because that is unforgivable. I never say that there is anything that's unforgivable. Of course, there's heinous crimes and there are, you know, things that are illegal and things that are just like tragic and, you know, just really just unbelievable and painful. And, you know, like there are circumstances that we find it really hard to equate. How can you possibly forgive murder, for example, or something like that? Weirdly, sometimes people do spontaneously manage to forgive really fast. And and there's so many incredibly inspiring stories of what I think probably would get called heroic forgiveness, where something absolutely tragic and terrible has happened and traumatic, and yet the person is able to find their way to forgiveness. And sometimes people set up foundations in the name of the person who was killed or, you know, there are amazing stories. I mean, there's something called the Forgiveness Project that tells, they collect all of these stories about amazing acts of forgiveness in terrible circumstances. But that's different. It only really in that not going to have a relationship with that person. You probably mm-hmm. haven't had a relationship with that person. But the principle is the same because it, the actual definition, and this is one of the things that I talk about a lot in, in my book and also whenever I teach, is the definition of forgiveness that I use, which was the one that I originally learned on the Mortal Life program that time, was from Kay Bradford Brown. And he said that forgiveness is the absolute refusal to hold ill will against someone for what they did or didn't do. So I'll say it again because it's quite long. Forgiveness is the absolute refusal to hold ill will against someone for what they did or didn't do. And I love it because the absolute refusal gives you all the power. You're the one deciding. You're the one who's choosing whether or not you hold it inside your system or not. And so it's your it's your decision to choose to hold it or you know surrender it or release it. And That's that so really important because a lot of times yeah. when someone has been injured, the lack of power is what affects them too. It's like they feel so powerless because they were victimized in this situation. So I love the fact that the way you frame it is really about giving them the power. They have the choice and the power to forgive somebody. Exactly. Exactly. And and it doesn't mean that you're connecting with them. And there are some amazing projects like the restorative justice projects where you get the opportunity to speak to your perpetrator if you've been the victim of crime. That's something different. And that's, I think, my preference if I was involved, which I'm not at the moment, but I might, I might get in contact with the people who organize it in the UK. If I was to do it, I would say, do the forgiveness made easy process first in your imagination before you confront your perpetrator so that you can feel like you know what you've been, because the holding on to the resentment is an internal thing and it's all to do with you and your meaning making and what you think you're getting out of it. And, but, and the other thing that's often invisible is what it costs us to hold the resentment. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we don't realize that there's such a detriment until we start thinking, well, maybe I'm keeping myself awake at night 
because I can't let go of that resentment. Or maybe it's causing tension in my body. So it's upsetting my digestion, or maybe it's influencing other relationships. And I, I'm a bit shut down, but I'm a bit snappy with my partner or my kids, you know, so we don't, we're not really aware because I think we don't have very much emotional and mental training. I mean, as you know, we kind of like muddle our ways up into adulthood. I mean, now maybe more, we're getting a little bit more in our in our education systems to teach us about these things, but we're still calling it mental health as opposed mm-hmm. to mental and emotional well-being. We're not talking about emotions. We say, oh, I feel emotional. And that's supposed to cover an entire spectrum of joyful, you know, medium, depressed, sad, angry. That they're all emotions. So right. saying the, I'm emotional isn't really giving anybody very much help. <laughs> <laughs> it's like saying I'm human. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or I'm, I'm awake, you know, at the moment. Right. Right. This is so interesting. And I know we're in the holiday season and this is when we have challenges and grievances with family members. And I was wondering how we can use forgiveness as a tool to, to make this holiday season better and to get through some of the, the instances that might be replaying every year. Yeah. Well, it is an, it's a very evoking time because the ritual of the holidays and, and Christmas and, you know, all the memories kind of come back, including all of the negative memories of the things mm-hmm. that that person did. And often we're thrown together in family groups where there's, you know, if you're in a big family, there's going to be somebody that you don't really like that much, or there's some kind of grievance against and, you know, an in-law or something, you know, or a brother-in-law or something. So that's, it, it, I think, it's a really interesting time. For me, my overall approach to forgiveness is, as I said, to have it as a practice. Like you would just take the rubbish out or the garbage out. You don't you don't leave it just to pile up in the house. You know, periodically you take it out <laughs> and hopefully you have a good enough system that it gets taken away and processed. And, you know, we do that with other things, but we don't really think to do that with what's in our hearts. So if we can do that with our emotional material, as well as the material of our lives, then we're clearing the field. And I also think of it a bit like a yoga practice or something like that, where you don't say, oh, yes, I've done yoga. We do it as a practice. So you do your forgiveness work on somebody. And then maybe if you're in relationship with them, it builds back up again and you need you know, gather a few more grievances and then you do a bit more forgiveness work. And then in some respects, the big things, you do need to do work one-to-one with somebody. But I also host online what I call forgiveness fields, which is like a practice place. So like you come and do a yoga practice, you come and do your forgiveness practice. And I guide everybody through the process, the seven-step forgiveness made easy process, all at the same time. And I often have themes. So sometimes it's like forgive your ex or self-forgiveness, or which we could also talk about because that's sort of almost almost another subject in and of itself. But this particular one, I've got a festive forgiveness field and I did two of these last year. And to invite people to come and do a little bit of forgiveness work on somebody that they think, oh God, I'm going to sit next to them at dinner, you know, or whatever, or they're going to be at that party, you know, an ex-colleague or or an ex or something. And to just do practice so that you can be in that room or sit at that table without a clenched stomach without thinking, hmm, you know, that, just see that you can sit and and feel more like Teflon rather than like Velcro, you know, when you're in the room with that person. 
Yes. So that's, I mean, also I do say to people though, is if it's something significant that you just think, I just cannot get past that, then it's better to work one-to-one, you know, like with me or another therapist Mm -hmm. who does that kind of work, because then you can go deeper, especially if there's been any trauma or uh, if it's a significant event. But generally if it's just, you know, that person and you just think, oh no, I, I need to do something. I want to feel okay when I'm sitting down and, and be able to have a nice time. It, and it I, really I, what I love about this is that it's also going to make the time leading up to it because there's that ante- anticipatory mm-hmm. anxiety that comes with, oh my gosh, I got to go. I've got to see them. I might have to sit next to them, Ugh, you know? And so, so that is going to make your entire holiday season easier. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's the season of goodwill. And, and we, and like I said, we don't have any training. It's like, we don't know that this was one of the the things, like I said, that Kay Bradford Brown and W. Roy Witten did when they first were trying to create their work. They were saying, yes, but how, how do you forgive? How do you, you know, get through, you know, like untangle your mind? How do you free the heart? And so this is, for me, it's such a blessing to have something that I can do. So anytime I feel annoyed with somebody or I feel like I'm, my grievances you know, building up, I've got something I can do. I've got a process I can do. It feels like, you know, tools are for me are really helpful. That is amazing. Because Barbara, we're going to tell everybody how they can participate in your online class so they can get through the holidays and have forgiveness, a little less anxiety, a lot more joy. And what what is the one thing that you want everybody to keep in mind throughout this holiday season? Well, I mean, just generally is being aware. So like now to maybe start your list, just write down your grievance list, your list of people that you know that you resent or you think actually mm, they should go in my first 36. And, And also, I mean, I am sometimes playful about it because I think it's important for us to normalize the fact that we hold resentments. Mm-hmm. You know, I, and when I work with groups, I normally get people to write down how long they've held their resentments for. And then if you add them up, if you've got 36 resentments over, you know, however many years you've held them, that's you, most people have over a hundred years worth of resentment that oh, wow. bodies. And then you get a group of like 20, 30 people and you've got thousands of years of resentment just in that small Zoom. That room. is amazing. When you put it in that perspective, that's incredible. Yeah. And then you think, well, no wonder the world is the way it is. And actually <laughs> the, the last thing really that I would also like to encourage people about doing their forgiveness work and thinking about it more as a practice and how, you know, could, how would it be for me if I was to let go of a resentment this Christmas, what would I feel like? You know, what would that lightness Mm -hmm. be like for me potentially? And to sort of really feel into that, is it, is it actually worth me experimenting with it? Because I also offer a resentment back guarantee. If you don't like the feeling of freedom and lightness in your heart and joy, <laughs> you can have your resentment back. You know, it's yours. You can take <laughs> Go it ahead. It's death. waiting for you. Exactly. You can take it to your deathbed. But the other <laughs> thing is that I think we have not a duty necessarily, but a responsibility to clear up our own space. As in, if I am full of resentment and it's leaking out into the world because of me and I could do something about it, then if I clear up my resentment and I make my heart a garden of peace and you do that and all your listeners do that and all their friends do that, you know, like that's how we start creating peace in the world. It's never going to come top down. It's only really going to come from us as individual human beings going, I do not want to harbor resentment in my heart anymore. And that's my choice and my prerogative. 
because I wanted, I want there to be love inside of me instead. I want to be doing good things, beneficial things with my time and energy, not just harboring resentment. I love that. Barbara, you have a lot to teach us. I'm so glad that you were able to sit down with me today. And thank you. Thank you for the work you're doing and for um, what you've shared with us today. Such a pleasure. That was Barbara J. Hunt talking about forgiveness. If you'd like to learn more about Barbara, check out her timely online Festive Season Forgiveness Masterclass or download free chapters from her book, Forgiveness Made Easy. Just visit us at livehappy.com and click on the podcast tab. That is all we have time for today. We'll meet you back here again next week for an all-new episode. And until then, this is Paula Phelps reminding you to make every day a happy one. Mm